Hello, and welcome to the Local Government Association and UCL's Net Zero podcast series, Together Towards Net Zero. I'm Dr. Isabel Bennett, Public Policy Engagement Facilitator at UCL Public Policy. Our new podcast series, Together Towards Net Zero, aims to reflect on our recently launched Net Zero Innovation Programme, bringing together councils and universities. As I'm sure you're aware, many councils across the UK have declared a climate emergency. In this series, we're focusing on stories from our Net Zero program to help shine a light on how councils and universities can work together to co-create solutions to meet councils' climate commitments. Each podcast brings together participants with expertise on the topic to explore the opportunities and challenges of the program together. In this episode, we'll be discussing how one of our partnerships approached, undertook, and reflected on our series of partnership workshops facilitated by Dr. Krista Meyer and Dr. Lucy Hubble-Rose. The first workshop looked at different challenges to achieving net zero, the second at navigating polarization and avoiding gridlock, and the third presented structured tools for identifying and resolving barriers to effective partnerships. I'll be speaking to partners from Cambridge County Council and UCL who are undertaking a project on a procurement carbon calculator and code of practice. This series is funded by UCL Public Policy and brought to you by the LGA and UCL, connecting the world of research with the world of local government. With me today, virtually of course, are Emily Bolton, Climate Change Officer and Project Manager at Cambridgeshire County Council, and Dr Isabella Butnar, senior researcher looking at net zero energy systems and the academic counterpart at UCL. Emily, I'd like to start with you. Can you tell me a little bit more about your area of expertise and why you were interested in joining our program? So I um, are responsible for a lot of the climate change work and environment work that Cambridge County Council is um, doing at the moment. Um, starting back in 2019, when we first declared our climate and environment emergency, and really pushing forward from there to shape the council's ambitions, and trying to figure out exactly what it is we want to do and how we think we can do it and play our role um, in meeting uh, the climate and environment challenge that we face. Um, this project was particularly interesting to us because we'd already, as I said, declared a climate emergency. We knew that we needed, that a lot of what we needed to do, um, would involve developing new approaches and new mechanisms to embed within the council's day to day, um, working. Um, and that, quite frankly, that's a very big task and that we would need some help. Um, the collaborative nature of this project with, um, university partners enabling us to um, pick the brains of some experts um, we thought would be really beneficial for us, um, particularly as it's done in a way that really isn't otherwise possible or would be very challenging to set up um, more organically. Um, Another part of the project that appealed from the local authority perspective definitely is is the funding. Um, which really helps to unlock doors, um, re- um, gets motivation going internally um, and gets impetus um, behind the work to enable us to dedicate resource to doing things that might otherwise be um, more challenging and get pushed down the line to deal with later on. Isabella, I wonder if you could um, answer the same question, sort of describe a bit about your area of expertise and why you were interested in joining the programme. Uh, thank you, Isabella. Um, 
my main area of, of expertise is energy systems modeling and I'm specialized in uh, bioenergy systems and looking at uh, global and national decarbonization pathways and understanding how um, w- what role bioenergy plays in um, every every time in in the last in the last years we have been working and understanding what, makes possible net zero at global level and the national level. But is, what is really missing is understanding the, the bottom up coming from, from the much more disaggregated level. How does it look on the ground actually, rather than just the model? So for me, this was really appealing to understand what the councils are battling with, what do they understand by net zero, um, how does it match with what we think is to be done uh, if we are going to meet a net zero. Uh, so that was one main reason, understanding net zero from the local level, uh, as opposed to the top down I'm doing in my modeling. And the second reason was that uh, previously to working for UCL, I I worked in the industry with international supply chains and doing loads of carbon footprinting. So so what the what the council wants to do, the carbon footprint calculator, is an expertise I have, and I'm really keen to use it in a different context. So not for industrial, necessarily industrial supply chains, but for all sorts of other uh, supply chains. So I'm looking forward to to unravel the complexity of the problem and, and finding solutions with them. So fantastic. Lots of lots to do at the local level, as you say. That's interesting. I wondered if maybe now would be a good time to describe your project um, and explain how you've both been able to apply your expertise to the project so far. So um when Cambridge County Council um, started shaping our climate ambitions, um, one of the key things we did was to put together a carbon footprint for our, for our organisation. Um, as with many local authorities, we found um, sort of the scopes one and two, so our d- more direct emissions, fairly easy to figure out. But when it came to scope three, and particularly those emissions from procured goods and services, which formed the bulk of our carbon footprint, it was incredibly problematic um, for two main reasons, really. The first was just, in some instances, we just didn't have the data. Um, Or it was that we had some data, but none of it was in a usable format. For example, we had cost or number of items, but not tons of raw material, which um, is predominantly the way that you work out your carbon emissions. Um, following the likes of the Greenhouse Gas Protocol, for example. This meant, um, other than saying, we know it's probably very, very big and we really need to do something about it, we didn't really have um, much quantified evidence to be able to set targets to um, or to measure success in reductions. Um, And so we felt we needed to develop some sort of mechanism to help us do this. Um, out of this came the idea of developing a carbon calculator and a code of practice, both of which could be incorporated into our procurement processes, um, partly to shift some of the burden of that data collection onto our suppliers, but also to enable us um, to potentially set um, 
carbon um, emissions levels within our procurements to either use it as a valuation criteria or for those longer term procurements to be able to set key performance indicators that require carbon reduction over time. So the carbon calculator is looking to be our quantified measure. Um, this will be providing the supplier a standardized template for um, inputting their information into. Um, and then the, the code of practice is more qualitative. So this will set out the council's wider environmental ambitions. For example, we have um, targets for reducing single-use plastics or uh, in, encouraging the switch to electric vehicles. Um, and so by setting out exactly what our expectations are, it enables our suppliers to respond to our needs rather than putting together more um, generic responses um, to some of our um, environmental questions. I think it's especially this, um, what was really attractive for me was how well organized Cambridgeshire Council is and how much work they have already done previously in understanding footprinting, uh, what is scope one, scope two, what is the missing bit they need. So they have a very clear picture of what they expect from the project. And I think that is very useful um, because I I have been looking at a similar project in the past with the Camden Council, but very quickly we fell into talking about uh, future investments uh, uh, to 2030 and, and longer term, uh, which kind of got us paralyzed. So the fact that, that Cambridgeshire Council has a very clear expectation, what do they need? What is useful for them? They have the suppliers, um, contacts in place. It, it seems that it's everything ready to go and we can actually deliver in the short time of the project. So I was, I was also going to ask Isabella, why, why do you think it's so important that, that we come together as local authorities and, and academics to tackle the climate change emergency together? From my understanding is uh, at, at the, the academics, we, we have been doing loads of modelling exercises and we always worked with the government uh, and, and advised the government all the time, but it was always the, the UK the UK level, this this funding actually gives us the opportunity to talk to local authorities and understand their point of view, their take, their own challenges, uh, not as translated from from the government. And I think this this is a really well, it's a really good timing for for this exercise to happen because it's just not in place anywhere else. So you are not doubling efforts from anywhere else. It's it's a unique program uh, which is very useful because I think it, it has to go both ways. You know, the, the top down and the bottom up should meet somewhere in between and we should produce something useful for reaching net zero. I'd agree completely. Um, I think the only thing I would add is that what's really nice about this program is that it's focused on how you do something rather than what you need to do. Because um, I think that's the bit in particular local government struggles with. Um, you know, as Isabella says, we've got um, government putting forward what needs to be done. 
Um, but quite often there's this gap between um, to actually implement it because you suddenly uncover all of these real world issues um, that you might not foresee or might um, seem quite small when you're talking at the national level, um, but can actually completely paralyze a project from proceeding. Um, and this focus on how and developing mechanisms to do things that are functional for the local authority, um, particularly as most policy one way or another comes down to the local authority to implement, um, is really, really helpful. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting comment about the disconnect that you can get between national and local level when it comes to policymaking. Yeah, I completely agree. So I thought that we could maybe talk a little bit more about your sort of partnership and the team that you, you brought together for the project. How did you make that initial link together? So in terms of um, the project, we were both um, looking, I think, at the projects independently initially um, and trying to figure out what we can do. And then Isabella, who had previously um, worked with us on a um, carbon carbon footprint, I believe it was for Cambridgeshire and Peterborough, as in the geographical region, um, contacted us asking, did we want to do something in this space? Um, And it flowed from there, really. Oh, fantastic. And how how has it been working together so far, Isabella, Uh, sort of working with a local authority New, a new experience. So for me, it, it has been really, really nice because it, I, I came. So my first contact with Cambridgeshire County Council was doing some volunteering work, doing some review work for for a baseline they produced in the last year, and and there I I noticed how well organized are they are and and how they how thoroughly they they think about about things nothing happens by by chance but since this project started i i'm really pleased to be working with them because it's um it's really a team effort it's not just emily and kasha who have been on the course it's a bigger team behind them uh they have managed to involve procurement to involve um higher functions in the in the county council and the people are really motivated and and I think that is very rewarding that we are not talking about theory here we are talking about applications in practice and these people are looking forward to do it so it's really exciting really oh that's fantastic to hear and how did you get to sort of understand each other's ex- expertise or kind of different approaches to, to the net zero question. How did you find that sort of communication with each other? It was, it was very much um, conversational, I think, at, at first. So um, because um, certainly from the council perspective, we'd been looking at this, um, at the programme separately, we had some broad ideas um, about what we wanted to focus on um, with procurement being the, the flagship idea that we wanted to push forward. Um, and so it was when Isabella got in touch, we um, just put forward what we were thinking and then um, collaboratively built from there, taking on um, lots of Isabella's experience, particularly around um, the importance of interacting with our suppliers through the, um, through the development process of the carbon calculator. Um, and the fact that, you know, supply chains are very, very different 
And so a carbon calculator needs to reflect the supply chain to ensure it's data that suppliers have um, and that it, it to make it usable for all parties involved. Um, and so we've merged our um, our goals and aims and experience into this to develop the project um, together. Isabella, how did you find um, the sort of engagement with the local authority and, and getting across your, your own expertise? It has been quite quite an interesting uh, learning curve for me because I suppose Emily, Emily is very, she has a very open mind and she doesn't mind asking questions, which is really good when we start using all sorts of jargon um, because in, in modeling, we, we just some, use some terms and some things. We already think people understand what we mean, but they don't. So, so it's, it's really good when, when the other partner, the other, the collaborators actually stop you and ask you, do you mean this or do you mean the other thing? Um, and, and then work from there and, and bring it to a common understanding. So I, I'm quite confident that if I say something which is not clear or or they they don't fully get it, they they will ask me, and I am I am the same. I feel comfortable enough if I don't understand the structures of decision making and how are we going to approach and deliver this. I I can ask the questions, and I know there will be an answer. And if there is a challenge and the bottleneck, we will find a way to solve it. So it's very collaborative. It's it's not one. One way uh, from either side, so it's really nice. It's a truly collaborative project. So we are learning. I, I feel like both are learning a lot. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and that is something that we we looked at at the in the partnership workshops, which were we held last year. So I wondered if you might cast your mind back, uh, minds back to the partnership workshops, um, and we'd be really interested to hear what were your expect- expectations going into those workshops? You know, what, what did you think that um, they might be looking to achieve? And, and, and you know, what, 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 were you, what was your thinking? I think I didn't really have any expectations. Um, we weren't given much information um, ahead of time um, uh, to, to really start thinking about things. So we went in completely, um, completely fresh, um, which at the time I thought, oh, thank they're not giving us the information. How can I prep for this? Um, but actually, it was really um, helpful, I think, um, going in in that way, um, both in terms of uh, opening up to, to understand what we were going to be um, discussing and learning through the workshops, um, but also you could see from the other um, local authorities there, because that was actually really nice having everyone sort of in the room together, as it were, um, that we were all very much on the same page um, and able to discuss things and develop our understanding together rather than, um, you know, rushing off and doing stuff independently and coming back and already knowing the answers to the questions, as it were. Um, I hadn't expected the workshops to be quite so much about teaching us our new thought approaches and project management approaches. But I, mostly because you you sort of come at this thinking, well, we already know how to do all of that stuff. That's part of the day-to-day job. But actually being taught those different approaches, the different ways of thinking, I thought really helpful. Um, even if um, I know Isabella and I struggled with some of them, but 
it was still, I think um, it was really helpful to, to look at the different ways and think that even if we think something might not apply to our project, but you could see how it might apply to different types of project, um, potentially from our perspective, there were a few bits that we thought um, might apply, apply more to a project that was dealing with the general public perhaps rather than um, a more technically internal focus as our our one is. But having that understanding and being able to see how it could be applied to different things and different approaches are more um, uh, beneficial in different areas, I think was really helpful. And not just for this project, I think generically um, across how, how we do our do our day, day-to-day roles, um, normally it was helpful. That's interesting. So Isabella, were there, were there certain aspects of the workshops that you found more challenging? Yes, uh, that is, that is a, a very good question. Because my, when, when I came onto the workshops, I thought, I really hope they are not too theoretical and too remote from what we are doing. Because I, I was already ready to start working on the project. I just wanted to get started and, and do something specific to the project. But then I was very, very nicely surprised that every session had the hands-on and the homeworks, which actually gave us the time as partners, gave us the time, the thinking space, organized thinking space, how to look at the problem, have we looked at it from all angles? Are we actually uh, looking for the right solution? Do we understand the uh, problem space? And I think it was really useful because we came with a clear idea of what we wanted to do. But this extra thinking and, and looking at it from different perspectives was really helpful to, to actually break it down and make it more digestible, so it, it didn't feel that complex anymore. So it, it, it felt that we, we can we can approach it. Uh, I, I, and I agree I agree with Emily. At, at some point we were kind of lost and felt that it doesn't apply to the project. But then it was really helpful that Chris, one of the teachers of the uh, of the course, actually. Uh, set some time aside with us. We had a session or two where we talked through what we don't understand, what we find challenging, and he helped us formulate the questions. So it was uh, really nice to have that reception and, and that one-to-one with the teachers. So it, it, it gave us as, as partnership time, but it also interaction with the teachers on the group, on the course, which was really I, I thought that was really nice that that was possible. Given there were so many teams on the course, we were very lucky to have the teachers to ourselves. Yeah, Chris Chris is really fantastic at, at helping you to sort of communicate and, and, and break problems down, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it sounds like that's a sort of a key aspect which the, the workshops help to address, like breaking down the, breaking down the problem into, into bite-sized parts that sort of feel more manageable and looking at things from different perspectives. Were there any other key challenges to sort of ways of working which the workshops might have helped to address? I think I think one one thing which I didn't realize it it was a challenge and the workshop really shed light on it was the expectations uh, from both sides 
because even in our projects case where we went in with a clear idea, um, I was thinking more in the technical way, how to design a, an Excel spreadsheet, how to how to engage. Um, from, from the council point of view, they were thinking how to take that and, and make it ways of working for the procurement. But I think we didn't really marry the two things together until we came to the course and and actually specified how that work will be done, what goes first, what goes second, how do we feed into each other? Because otherwise it will end up like two separate work where I do a desk exercise and and Emily tries to to get everyone in the in the council on on board with it and and collaborating but still a bit disconnected and i think i think the course actually the workshop helped us to to just bring all of that together and and realize how important is that at each point we don't just assume it's defined but actually ask for the opinion and the feedback at all points so we are not creating something which the other side can't answer to because it's it's bringing it into complicated too complicated for them again so I, i think that for me expectations management of expectations what to expect from each other and how to overcome uh challenges uh i think that was really uh, uh a nice outcome of the of the workshop was a challenge initially, and I think it will be the main challenge going forward. But at least now we are aware of it. Emily, I was wondering, reflecting on the program up till now, what would be your one key takeaway message for universities and council partnerships? I think it really is the communication side that um, Isabella was talking about earlier on. Um, I think both sides are are guilty of um, getting a little bit siloed and a little bit entrenched in our own jargon and processes and ways of doing things. Um, and we forget that, you know, there's a whole other world out there of ways of doing things um, and different terms for the same things. Um, and so overcoming that as a barrier and taking it on as a, a collaborative learning experience um, and I th- is really helpful. And I think also that key word is collaboration. This isn't um you know say the local authority procuring a um a consultant to do a piece of work for them that we specify they go off and do it and bring it back it is that communication that iterative development working together that i think really strengthens um strengthens the outputs of what we'll be able to achieve um we forget that we we don't know what we don't know and that um Others come forward with really helpful insights that if you hadn't had that conversation, it just wouldn't have been on the radar at all. And I think that's what is really nice about um, these sorts of partnerships, particularly um, the university side where you've got um, real knowledge and expertise um, that that you might have no notion of um, otherwise. And how will you to, or I guess, how will your teams continue all of your sort of good work that you've begun now? So I guess now we're into the delivery period of, of the program, you know, looking forward, what, what, what are you excited about? Other than just getting cracking. Um, 
um, I think it'll be a really interesting project to bring together because we've got, um, while at the core, we've got this this technical side of developing, you know, two discrete outputs. So we've got things that we're making. Um, we will have to bring along so many people with us. Um, and I think in particular, I'm really looking forward to starting to speak to our suppliers more um, to understand what they need um, to be able to, to do some of these things, what their views are. Because um, we know we've got some suppliers that are really, really cl clued up and very keen and open about this sort of thing and others that are perhaps um, less open to um, new ideas or view that you know, some of this data sharing might be an issue for them in terms of um, proprietary information or commercial information. Um, so there'll be a lot of conversations to have, but I'll be really interested and looking forward to understanding where they're at and how we can bring them along with us rather than um, imposing something on them to do. Um, and I think actually more widely, um, there's some really helpful um legislative things going on in the procurement world um, that make um, these conversations really apt and timely to be having with the suppliers. Um, and so I think that would be really informative and not just help this project. I think it will help um, our overall approach as a local authority to, to how we deal and speak with our suppliers um, about these environmental issues that might perhaps have traditionally been seen as, you know, bonus points rather than as core to um, how we want services and goods delivered. That does sound like it's going to be a big year. <laughs> um, Isabella, what, what are you what are you excited about um, in the, sort of the delivery phase of this project then? I have been already uh, involved in a couple of council meetings regarding the design of the calculator and how we will be uh, organizing and delivering this project. And I'm really excited to, to talk to the people, to understand the tools they are already using in terms of carbon footprinting. How can we build up on those tools rather than generating new tools to, to give them an extra burden and to, to have to work their way around them? So create really something which, which is very easy to, to, uh, take up and run with it the day to day, um, and and I know that will be open and then we will have very good conversations. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I'm also really excited because um, from both sides we are so into it, into this net zero and creating the calculator. We got in touch with with different other stakeholders and 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 uh, created like a pool of, of disseminating as, as we go, which is really nice uh, because we were also able to split the problem into bits. Uh, we might have a couple of master students helping us uh, going forward and they might go even beyond the timeline of this project and we will they will be building up on the work we are starting here. So I think we are already going even beyond the project. So we are kind of looking forward to get it started and get it going, but we are already looking uh, beyond how to add more value to it because it's, it's loads of work. I think this is just the beginning, a very good beginning, I think. 
I like that. This is just the beginning. Well, it sounds like I'm very excited. This is a, such an exciting project. Thank you so much for sharing um, sort of a little bit about your expertise, about your project, how you came together, how you found the workshops. Thank you so much to Emily Bolson and Dr. Isabella Butnar for joining us on this podcast. You've been listening to Together Towards Net Zero. This episode was presented by myself, Dr. Isabel Bennett, produced by UCL and LGA with support from UCL Public Policy and edited by Nathan Copeland. Our guests today were Emily Bolton and Dr. Isabella Butnar. To find out more about the Net Zero Innovation Programme, visit www.ucl.ac.uk slash public policy. If you'd like to hear more podcasts from UCL, then head to ucl.ac.uk slash ucl-minds slash podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time.